Good morning, Mission Vineyard. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Are we awake from Thanksgiving? Did we feel prepared after that series on gratefulness? Did we celebrate gratefully, thankfully? I had to lean on a few things I learned. Well, good morning. As we go into our first week of Advent, let me just read you up on some of the things we're doing this morning. Uh, here at Mission Vineyard, our mission is to welcome Jesus into all of life. So welcome as you witness all of us try to do that with his help. Um, if you would stand with me and we can join together in our simple litur liturgy of Holy Spirit come. None of this makes any wit of a difference if he's not in it. So Holy Spirit, we come. We ask that you come. Please indwell our praises, indwell our service. May the words that are said come from your mouth. We just ask for your presence here. We know that you are always with us, but we ask for more this morning, especially as we are celebrating Jesus coming to earth in a little package known as a baby. We thank you that we are able to freely celebrate you and praise you. In your name, amen. So this morning, I have lined up a few um, Christmas songs undercover is what I like to call them. We sing them all year, but as we go through them, hopefully you'll hear a little bit of that Christmas message just to get us in the mood for our Christmas season. We have one new Christmas song, so you might have to bear with us as we learn it. It is a modern one. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, but first, name above all names. Put in my ears, that's very important for me.
come if you're searching. If you need healing, he's where you find it. say 
I'm, I'm Steve, and this is Pat Meacham, and we are blessed to be celebrating with you this, the first Sunday of Advent. And by the way, I, I, as I looked up the word Advent again this week, it's so exciting. It's, it's the coming. It's the arrival. It's the birth. That is the season that we are now in. And in this, first, in this first candle, as we light it, this is the candle of hope. Let us pray together. Loving God, Thank you for the light. Help us. Help the light grow. Amen.
Israelites became a great people bearing God's name on the east side of the Jordan before they entered the promised land God reminded them who they were and told them how to live it was your ancestors who God fell in love with he picked their children that's you out of all other peoples live in his presence in holy reverence Follow the road he sets out for you. Love him. Serve God, your God, with everything you have in you. Cut away thick calluses from your heart. But just like all people, the Israelites were prone to forget their identity, the name their God had given them. So God says, place these words in your hearts. Get them deep inside you. Tie them to your hands and foreheads and as a reminder, teach them to your children. Talk about them wherever you are. Inscribe them on the doorposts and gates of your cities. Jesus knew how easily it would be for his disciples to forget who they were and what they, he had done. On the evening before Jesus was going to sacrifice himself to take back what Satan had stolen from us, he gave his disciples a new tradition to help them remember who he was and who they were. So let us remember Jesus and who we are, for we are his. Jesus, I bless these elements, the bread that, you, that is your body and the juice that is your blood, and we thank you who you won, who won our freedom. We come to you to receive life. Let us take the bread. Let us take the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Destiny. Thank you, church. Good morning, church. 
Happy Advent. This is the beginning of our anticipation of the King coming. My name is John Arelli. It's an honor to welcome you this morning. Thank you, Pat and Steve, for um, just beginning to light this candle. I love watching this candle in the middle of our service remind us of the anticipation that we get to have in this season. It's beautiful. Uh, before I get to announcements, I, I wanted to get to some of the ministry time already because I, I felt like God wanted to do something here. Uh, the team prayed for a couple of things that, that just got my attention, so I want to give them some attention right now. Uh, one was for a heavy heart that cannot praise. A heavy heart that cannot praise. And then the second one, I think, having to do for the first with the first, uh, casting off darkness. So we can go straight into uh, announcements, or we can allow the Lord to speak to us through these times and just, and just wait. And so right now, I want to do some intercession for especially these first two things before we go into the sermon and all that. And I'm, I'm uh, excited to introduce my wife at some point here. She's going to be preaching. But Lord Jesus, would you come right now? We consecrate this place and this time, our bodies, our minds, our soul, our spirit. God, we reject any darkness that we have agreed to in any way right now. We reject it. We renounce it in the name of Jesus. God, any darkness that we've played around with, whether it's uh, cynicism, cynicism against uh, politics, cynicism against anything, cynicism against people, especially in this holiday season, sometimes, God, our minds go to this place of negativity towards other people. Right now, we repent. We repent against our cynicism in the name of Jesus. We repent against uh, the least that we think will happen, thinking that, that the worst will happen, God, thinking that the rug will be pulled out. Right now, we renounce it in Jesus' name. We disagree, God, and we make an agreement this morning with you and your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. We make an agreement with your hope, God. We make an agreement with your Spirit. We say, come, Holy Spirit. There is no other authority in this room, in my mind, in my soul, in my body, and in my strength. There is no other agreement except agreement with you and your kingdom, Jesus. I lift up the name of Jesus above everything else in me. There is nothing that's allowed here or in me besides you and your name, Jesus. We announce you, Lord Jesus, King of all. King of my heart, king of my soul, king of my body. God, that heavy heart, that heavy heart that doesn't allow me to praise, I ask for your healing. And in the name of Jesus, we speak lightness over heavy hearts. We speak your light to the darkness. God, instead of cursing things that we don't see in season, Instead of looking at the worst of what could happen, we say, mountains move. Those things in our lives that we think that will weigh us down, that have no hope, we say, mountains move right now in the name of Jesus. There is no other authority except for the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus in this place and in me this morning. We consecrate our lives to you, Lord. All for you and you alone, God. All for you and you alone, God. My whole life, here I am to worship.
Let's sing to the Lord just one more time. Let's sing to him. Let's sing to him as if he was here, right in front of this candle. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. One more time. Here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. All to love you, Lord. All to just say, we say, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. That's it. This is all just to say we love you. It's for the love of who you are. We love you so much. We love you so much. We love you so much, Lord. If you're new here this morning, this is what we're about about loving the Lord so much and pausing to welcome him into all of it. And so you're welcome this morning. You're welcome uh, in the oddity of the space. You're welcome uh, with a manna bag that you received at the door. Our hope is that that heart that gets transformed then goes out from this place, not with darkness, with, with, with light, not with a, a sense of, I have to do this. I have to give this bag to a person on the corner. I have to open up my window. No, I go out with a, with a heart that's welcome to do it. If you're new, we want to stay in touch with you. We want to stay connected with you because going this road alone can get dark really easily. We want to stay with you and encourage you and connect with you. And so we've got a card. We'd love for you to put that information and any prayer requests. Even if you're not new, put your prayer requests in. There could be a time today where there, we have prayer teams in the front corner here. Some of you don't feel comfortable doing that. That's okay. Put a prayer down on this card. Let us pray for you. We have a team that's praying for you every single week at 2 p.m. on Tuesdays, canceling out everything else and saying, let's pray for the church. Let's pray for what God might be doing in our church. We have small groups that meet during the week as well, continuing to bring one another up, trying to give each other hope in that way. Uh, next week, it might be harder to get here, and that's weird. I don't like that at all, but we love that people are getting healthy. So rock and roll marathon, if you're running that next week, good for you. And it's going to be much harder to get to this building. So uh, all the roads, uh, Broadway at the park north of us, and uh, uh, let's see, Mulberry will be closed as well if you come off of 281. So if you want to get here on Sunday, come really early or really late. Or get off at Josephine at 281, and we'll have a specific 
uh, map for you in the email this week. If you've got signed up that card, we'll make sure to send you an email with a specific route for you so you can get to church next week. Uh, it is too soon uh, that we would change our whole location. We can't do that. But you can get here, 281 to Josephine. And finally, in the next couple of weeks, December 12th, December 19th, we're going to do some dangerous things that are really fun. We're going to get on the back of a trailer of somebody's truck with lights on it, and we're going to sing and go through Mankey Park, and it's going to be fantastic. And uh, if you want to go on an adventure, this is an adventure. It's so fun. And if it's cold, there'll be hot drinks. And if it's hot, we will have cold drinks. Because this is San Antonio, we don't know what's going to happen. So we prepare for both. Uh, either way, I believe that some of you are going to have Santa hats on, which will again, you know, welcome to San Antonio. Uh, it's going to be cold or hot, and still Santa hats will be worn. Finally, uh, we encourage giving, financial giving. If you're new, if you're old, if you're young, it doesn't matter. We encourage giving, and here's the reason. God says it's really good for us. God says it's really good for us. Uh, to, from the beginning of uh, making a people, he got a hold of this guy named Abraham, and he said, I want you to give me a tenth of what you have, because it's really good for you. The church doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. But he asked us to do this to combat materialism, to combat uh, consumerism, and to get our hearts right about what is really ours and what is really God's. So we have a basket in the back uh, for giving by the uh, uh, audio table. You can give online. And then specifically for Advent, we're focusing in, uh, it may be that this season, you're sick of giving gifts to people who you're not really sure are going to like those gifts anyway. And we've got a solution for you. Can we play this video?
So our goal is that as you get creative with your gifts and not spend that $30 or whatever it is that you would spend on that gift, you'd spend time or energy or make a craft or something really swell that way. Swell, that's what that gift is. It's going to be swell. Our goal is to give a huge gift, a $3,000 gift to One Hope for Kids. One Hope for Kids is our partner agency addressing the 4,000 orphans that are in this town and in this region. And uh, our hope is that we would be able to partner with One Hope in that way by the end of the year. So uh, if you want to give a gift online, you can make that specifically there. And uh, I want to pray for all that. Lord Jesus, all for the love of you. All for the love of you. Recenter our hearts, God, not on the things we have to do, but just to love you. Just to love you, Lord. God, we continue to ask your blessing on this place, that we would hear your voice, that today through our leader, Lord, you would speak and you would speak loudly that your spirit would flow through her, it would flow through us, that together, God, we would hear your voice and know how to go out this day with hope. We ask for your hand, God, for your way, just so we can love you today. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Arlita, would you come? used this type of mic before and I don't think it was designed for people with hair <laughs> so if I need to adjust a little bit uh, Herschel has more hair than you so um, hair past your ears I should say apologize <laughs> good morning it is so great to be with you can you hear me okay it feel like I feel like a rock star like I should do some backstreet boy moves okay that's I'll save that for another time well, it's good to be with you this morning. I preach about once every three years. So the blessing of that is that you don't have to hear me get on my soapbox very often. And the downside of that is I have way too much to share um, in a 20-minute time span. And also, the good thing is I used to be our kid's pastor, and so I come with crafts. Um, Advent is one of my favorite seasons. Um, it's always been a favorite season. The whole Christmas, everything, I've always loved. Uh, growing up, we would often make the homemade variety of the paper chain, uh, countdown to Christmas. And then as we got too cool for crafts, we advanced to the chocolate Advent calendar, which are glorious. Now you can get them for a dollar a piece, so that's amazing. And while that's all wonderful and good and beautiful, counting down to Christmas, when I was a kid, and even probably well into my adult years, I didn't fully understand what Advent really meant. I grew up in a church tradition where uh, Advent was celebrated, like we do here with a wreath. We, um, it was a more, uh, I don't know. Anyway, they would change the colors, like they'd wear purple, like on the, it was a, a big deal. The pastor would change his stole thing. But I didn't really understand what it meant other than Christmas Day equals presents. And um, so I'm going to talk a little bit today about Advent, but it's the anticipation, it's the before Christmas that makes me most excited. So first, though, I am going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you, Lord, that we get to celebrate you, your original coming over 2,000 years ago, and your return one day. I thank you, Lord, that 
this season of Advent has been celebrated for centuries, and we get to be a part of what you're doing in the world today. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me this morning, and that what I've prepared will be what you want people to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I'm going to just cover a few things. It's going to be real easy. Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will be the hope of the world. Um, we're done. That's all I have to say. No, just kidding. <laughs> As was referenced in uh, Pat and Steve uh, lighting the Advent calendar, candle of hope this morning, and John also praying about hope, our word for this week is hope for Advent. Churches from around the world are celebrating Advent Sunday today, the first Sunday of Advent, hope. And it's often like, what is hope really? It's hard to really know. But the folks at the Bible Project, they put together these amazing videos, uh, the books of the Bible, different theme words, everything like that, and they did a great job of depicting what the word hope means. And so we're going to play that video, and then I'll come back. So let's say you want to describe the feeling of anticipating a future that's better than the present. You might be giddy or excited or maybe unsure, but most of us know that experience. We call it hope. It's a state of anticipation, and it's crucial for healthy human existence. And it's a really important concept in the Bible. In fact, there are many words for hope in the ancient languages of the Bible, and they're all fascinating. In the Old Testament, there are two main Hebrew words translated as hope. The first is yachal, which means simply to wait for. Like in the story of Noah and the ark, as the floodwaters recede, Noah had to yachal for weeks. The other Hebrew word is kava, which also means to wait. It's related to the Hebrew word kav, which means cord. When you pull a kav tight, you produce a state of tension until there's release. That's kava, the feeling of tension and expectation while you wait for something to happen. The prophet Isaiah depicts God as a farmer who plants vines and kavas for good grapes. Or the prophet Micah talks about farmers who both kava and yachal for morning dew to give moisture to the land. So in biblical Hebrew, hope is about waiting or expectation. But waiting for what? In the period of Israel's prophets, as the nation was sinking into self-destruction, Isaiah said, at this moment, the Lord's hiding his face from Israel, so I will kavah for him. The only hope Isaiah had in those dark days was the hope for God himself. You find the same notion of hope all over the book of Psalms, where these words appear over 40 times. In almost every case, what people are waiting for is God. Like in Psalm 130, the poet cries out from a pit of despair, I kavah for the Lord, let Israel yachal for the Lord, because he's loyal and will redeem Israel from its sins. Biblical hope is based on a person, which makes it different from optimism. Optimism is about choosing to see, in any situation, how circumstances could work out for the best. But biblical hope is not focused on circumstances. In fact, hopeful people in the Bible often recognize there's no evidence things will get better but you choose hope anyway. Like the prophet Hosea, he lived in a dark time when Israel was being oppressed by foreign empires, and he chose hope when he said God could turn this valley of trouble into a door of hope, like the day when Israel came up from the land of Egypt. God had surprised his people with redemption back in the days of the Exodus, and he could do so again. So it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. It's like the poet of Psalm 39 who says, And now, O Lord, what else can I kavah for? You are my yachal. In the New Testament, the earliest followers of Jesus cultivated this similar habit of hope. 
They believe that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was God's surprising response to our slavery to evil and death. The empty tomb opened up a new door of hope, and they used the Greek word elpis to describe this anticipation. The Apostle Peter said that Jesus' resurrection opened up a living hope, that people can be reborn, to become new and different kinds of humans. More than once, the Apostle Paul says the good news about Jesus announces the El Peace of glory. In both cases, this El Peace is based on a person, the risen Jesus who has overcome death. And this hope wasn't just for humans. The apostles believed that what happened to Jesus in the resurrection was a foretaste of what God had planned for the whole universe. In Paul's words, it's a hope that creation itself will be liberated from slavery to corruption into freedom when God's children are glorified. So Christian hope is bold, waiting for humanity and the whole universe to be rescued from evil and death. And some would say it's crazy, and maybe it is, but biblical hope isn't optimism based on the odds. It's a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that's as surprising as a crucified man rising from the dead. Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward. And so we wait. That's what the biblical words for hope are all about. He spoke pretty fast, so I will unpack a few bits and pieces in that, from that video. So as I mentioned already, Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will be the hope of the world. So first, I'm going to talk about Jesus, how Jesus was the hope of the world. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit sort of operate on their own time continuum that's hard to grasp in our present day. But in the book of Isaiah, they referenced uh, him a couple times in the video. In this first week of Advent, we have a couple of scripture uh, verses that are on the little cards in your chair. Uh, Isaiah 11 says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. Isaiah, as mentioned in the video, and many of you know, was a prophet to Israel. The role, the mission of being a prophet was not an easy uh, assignment to be given. They often had to speak truth to people that didn't want to hear that truth. It could often be a dangerous thing. Even today, speaking kind of truth to power can be daunting, scary, and even dangerous. But he had a, a word to share with the people of Israel, and I believe to people to this day. Isaiah lived in Jerusalem 700 years before the birth of Christ, and he sees a vision that the Lord had given him that will come from the line of David, so if you think of a stump, a tree that's been cut down, it's often been cut down because a tree no, is no longer healthy. Something in that tree has rotted or been eaten away at, and it needs to be cut down so that the whole tree doesn't fall down and cause even more damage. And Israel was not in a good place. They continued to rebel against God and what he called them to. And so Isaiah, Isaiah is calling them back to the covenant they had made with God. And so he gives this message of hope. God will fulfill his promises in the line of David. God, Isaiah uses the imagery that of a stump, 
Have you ever seen a stump and then a little shoot growing up out of it? That's kind of, it helped me to kind of put in perspective. This past week, John and I were on a walk in our neighborhood and there was this amazing tree that was not cut down, but there was all these shoots growing up out of it. And so it helped me to kind of think of that a little bit. The tree is not dead yet. There is hope. In verse 10, I'm going to repeat, in that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The Old Testament scholar from the UK, John Golden Gay, uh, interprets uh, this verse um, in his book, Isaiah for Everyone. There's more that Yahweh intends to achieve through this new shoot. His significance will extend beyond Israel to the entire world. So while Isaiah is prophesying to Israel more than 700 years before Jesus' birth, it doesn't stop with the people of Israel. Salvation to the world or his, his significance will extend beyond to the entire world. Jesus was the hope. At the time Isaiah is sharing this prophecy, the new shoot had not, not yet come. But today, in the year 2021, we know that the new, who knew the new shoot was? Jesus, the person, was a hope fulfilled, as hoped for in Isaiah's vision. Jesus' birth happened a whole 700 or so years after Isaiah. Talk about a long game. I know for myself personally, when I pray for things and hope for things and wait for things, I kind of want an Advent, uh, Christmas calendar type of uh, return on my prayers. <laughs> like, open it, yes, I got what I wanted. And um, it's, it doesn't often work that way. I was able, um, as I was reflecting and re preparing for this sermon this week, I was thinking of the countless times where I waited for the Lord. And in my lifetime, I saw um, the hope come to pass. In particular, one time that came to mind as I was reflecting this week was after my freshman year of college. My family had moved from my hometown to a new town uh, two weeks before I left for school when I was a freshman in college. Uh, and it was far enough away that I, I couldn't go home like every weekend. So this was before cell phones, before, like the internet existed, but you like, didn't take pictures and send them that way. You had to like send them in the mail. And I, I remember calling my mom and being like, could you send me a picture of a house? Because I don't even remember what it looks like. I had wanted to be an architect since I was eight or nine. And so I went to school for that dream. But after my freshman year of college, I quickly learned that being an architect was not in the cards for me in that season of life. I was no longer dating my high school sweetheart, which at 18 I was convinced was going to be my forever soulmate. And as I mentioned, my family had moved away, and so I now lived in this new town, summer break, and I literally know no one but the few people that live in my house who are all at work and school and other things. And so desperate times call for desperate measures. I was lost. And I didn't grow up, even though I grew up attending church, it wasn't in our uh, family rhythms to turn to God or the Bible or to pray when we were in a hard place. But when you have nothing else to do, what are you gonna do? <laughs> So that's what I started to do. I flipped open a Bible and I started reading the Psalms. And from the Psalms that led me to the Gospels and everything snowballed from there. I ended up not returning to the college I attended originally and met Jesus face to face for the first time, the living Jesus. Uh, this past week, again, my family was watching the uh, TV show, The Chosen. And in the first season, there's an episode called Sabbath and Mary Magdalene was, re, was testifying to the, her transformation 
And she said, I don't really know what happened. Before I was one way, and then I was another, and the difference was him. And I feel like that really depicts my story. I don't really know what happened. No one really led me to the Lord. No one really told me to read the Psalms. But first I was one way, and then I was another, and the difference was him. So what is God inviting us into that, like Isaiah, we might not even see the fruit of being born? <laughs> Thank you, Duzium, for announcing my next point. Um, I could go on and on about some personal and collective hopes that I am praying for, some that I've seen realized and some that I'm still waiting for, and I do pray that in my lifetime I will see the fruit of. But as mentioned in the video, my hope is in the person of Jesus, not in my particular circumstances or outcomes. Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will be the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. If you were to do a quick Google search, I don't recommend doing it right now because I'm talking. <laughs> if you Googled that phrase, over 190 million hits will come up. Clearly, people are curious. Jesus is the hope of the world. How is Jesus your hope today? Biblical hope, again, doesn't necessarily mean that things will get better but you choose hope anyway. Biblical hope is a person, Jesus. Um, the leadership team of our church chose the verse Advent, uh, John 8:12 for our Advent season this year. That Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is our light that leads to life. Jesus is our hope. For me, that means turning to him in all circumstances, asking him to illuminate my path. This could be as simple as me asking him to be with me as I drive to and from my daughter's school downtown to pick her up or drop her off. Or for the bigger asks, Lord, I need your help. I need your presence. I need you um, in this really hard situation that's really way over my head. This past year has been hard and challenging for many of us and our loved ones, or more than a year, really. The health of a family member, concern for employment, housing, finances, you name it. Even in how I'm present at home with my husband and my kids. I love Jesus' promise. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Okay, Lord, help me follow you. Some days are easier than others. How is Jesus your hope today? And lastly, Jesus will be the hope of the world. In the Bible Project video, it said that Jesus, what happened with Jesus and his, his resurrection was a foretaste of what God planned for the whole universe. We are waiting for humanity and the rest of creation to be rescued, redeemed, restored. We are still waiting, still hoping for Jesus, Jesus Christ's return again. And T. Wright translated uh, chapter 21 in the book of Revelation this way. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The new heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride dressed up for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne, and this is what it said. Look, God has come to dwell with humans. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or weeping or pain anymore since the first things have passed away. The one who sat on the throne said, look, I am making all things new. And he said, right, 
because these words are faithful and true. What is my future hope? What excites me about this passage from Revelation? First and foremost, God himself will be with them. He will be my hope of the world. Simply being with Jesus, can you imagine all day, every day? It's really exciting. <laughs> Jesus being here, every anxiety, every fear, nerves over a math test or uh, a medical appointment coming up or how am I going to pay these bills, all of that will be wiped away and Jesus will be with you in the present existing. I am also hopeful for a redeemed creation where there will be no more cancer, pain, but just even just Jesus being present is like amazing. And then all the things that come after that. The list could go on and on of all we hope for. We will be free to live under the rule and reign of God fully and enjoy his redeemed and restored creation. So during this first week of Advent, 2021, together let us be reminded of our hope in Jesus, past, present, and future. Like with the Israelites from thousands of years ago, I am in it for the long haul. We, don't, we do not know when Jesus will return. However, we have countless examples who have, of people who have gone before us and in our present day to remember that in his time, God always fulfills his promises. I do not know specifically where each of you are with the Lord this morning, but I do know and truly believe that Jesus was, is, and will be the hope of the world. We are now going to move into a time of ministry. As John mentioned earlier, there was a group of people praying uh, before the service, asking the Lord um, how he wanted to meet all of us here today. And those words were shared this morning and again. The worship team is going to come back up, and over here in this corner, we will have some prayer ministry teams to meet you um, where you're at. I'm going to discuss it in a second, but on your sheet, on your chair, is this card. We have some scripture, Isaiah, that I read, and then there's also a passage from Luke. But on the back side, it says hope, and uh, just an opportunity for you to reflect. You can do it now. You can take it with you. Um, some of us need a little more time. Uh, but what was your hope? What, what was a hope that Jesus has already fulfilled? Sometimes we need that encouragement, remembering what Jesus has already done. It's very easy in the moment of hard things to forget all the times that Jesus has been our hope. And then present day, how is Jesus our hope? And then what is our hope for the future? Jesus will be my hope. There are pens, there are those note cards. Feel free, just take a few moments as the worship team begins to play to reflect with Jesus. And then when you feel ready, feel free to go over to any of these worship teams. If you've never asked Jesus to be your hope, I would love to personally pray with you this morning. It doesn't have to be grand or elaborate or pretty or anything like that, but I truly believe that Jesus wants to come and meet you wherever you are as you welcome him into all of life.
So these ministry teams are here for you, for those places where you have an emotional, physical, or spiritual need. I can put up those words up on the screen again for specific things that uh, there was a team just praying and they just decided to risk and write down some specific things they, they sense that God might be calling out. So if any of these relate to you, please don't, don't give up this opportunity. Come and get some prayer again. It's not anything elaborate. We're just welcoming Jesus into it. Again, for those of you who haven't said yes to Jesus before, I want to pray right now. Lord Jesus Christ, pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me from everything I know is wrong. Come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Guide my life help me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We want hope to come alive. That, that scripture from Isaiah, that sense of that door opening. There are some of you that are feeling like, man, I'm not able to show up 
the way I want to show up in life right now. I, just, I keep going to that door of hope and it just feels like the door is bud shut. So that's why we have prayer teams here. We want you to have the door of hope open today. As we continue through every week of Advent, we're looking for God to continue to move. So let the Holy Spirit come on that place of just that door budging and breaking open so that you can experience hope, especially in this season. Would you stand with me as I bless you to do that and these teams will continue to be available. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to go out with hope that every darkness would be removed, would be broken open by the light of the Lord, that hope would rise up in you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Go in peace. Come for ministry, and we'll see you next week. Come the crazy way from Josephine off 281. You'll get an email this week. Have a great week.